When I'm slow, I know I have my time available, so I farm and put in the hard work so that my busy times are going downhill versus trying to feel like you're going uphill. Yeah, so I'm taking advantage of that slow time and saying, okay, I'm planting the seeds now so that in my busiest time, I can actually harvest the crop. Welcome to Selling the Naked Truth. All right, welcome back to Selling the Naked Truth podcast, episode three. I'm your co-host, Susan. And I am Jason. And we're so excited to have you guys back with us again. We are jumping in today talking about something that I think most of the world probably ignores, and that is goal setting. And here we are, you know, heading into a new year, 2020. And I know you and I talked about this. We're often surprised by the number of people that are scared of goal setting. And just numbers in general. And numbers in general. And I know as I've done some coaching, what I'm finding is it's just scary to people. They feel like goals stress them out. And so today what we want to talk about is how you can really use goal setting to work in your favor and to really take your business, your personal brand, whether you're working for somebody else or you have a side hustle, to the next level this year to make more money, to make it rain. Well, I, I definitely think that that is 100% the objective of today's podcast. We are all in need of structure. And without structure, we're not able to actually take the opportunity to see how we do. So we think we're doing well, but are we really? Or we don't think we're doing well, but maybe we are, you know? So there are two sides of every coin. So let's go ahead and kind of dive into this a little bit, figure out how in 22 years I've actually goal set and made six figures for a lot of that time and how you goal set and been able to make a prosperous business and... Yeah, I used, um, you know, for the 11 years that I had my salon, I worked off of projections and goals every single year. Mm -hmm. And of course, that first year, you don't really have anything to go off of. But once you once you have a history that you can play off of, then you're able to track your growth and you can track a lot of different things. But I think for me, it was such a driver for me and my business. Like I would watch those numbers leading up to the last hour of the month. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was an opportunity for me to go, okay, I'm this far away from the goal or our projections, you know, how are we, how are we going to get there? Am I going to do a team incentive or, you know, how are we going to get there? Is it even possible? Like how did we, there's so much, that you can take away from your numbers, but Correct. you have to pay attention to them. So how have how have you used goal setting to, you know, fortify yourself and your industry? Well, so what I do, and and something in the back of the, my head that I actually know, and it's based on figures of selling and going through so many different selling courses. Like I said in previous podcasts, there are good nuggets out of every uh, technical program that you can take, but. One third or every third person you talk to buys from you. So you're going to hear two no's before you hear yes. So you have to be okay with that. You know, so now take that and actually figure out what it costs 
for you or what your amount of sale on a typical average opportunity is. So you focus and say, okay, in my business, I make $400 personally per transaction. Well, before we deep dive into those numbers, I think what I think what everybody should know first is like, you know, I owned a business for the last 11 years and then you have been working in a business and part of that time was just in a sales capacity. So how were you using numbers to reach new goals each month? All right. Well, I do want to back up then. I appreciate you kind of putting it into a different perspective for me. So what I used to do is say, okay, I need to be able to make this amount of money for our household, for our children, for our life, to be able to sustain the quality of life that we want. So I said to myself, okay, I need to do all of these opportunities and I need to break them into bite-sized kind of opportunities for me so I didn't become overwhelmed with a larger number. I had to focus on the smallest finite detail of it and be able to take that detail and replicate that over and over and over again for me to be able to see the larger picture later on. So it's almost like, goodness gracious, it's almost like taking a drawing and starting with one pencil line being, and being able to get into a magnificent portrait of somebody, mm-hmm. you know, and it, you can't start with the portrait. You have to start with one pencil, you know, one opportunity, one basic movement to propel yourself forward to get where you want to be. So when we talk about goal setting and we talk about this year ahead, 2020, we wanted to jump in and kind of drop some thoughts, you know, on you guys. And one is you need to know your numbers from 2019. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're new to the industry, you know, you're in a position where you get to write those numbers this year. Um, And there's a lot that you'll learn along the way. But if you are somebody who's been in your field and now you want to you know, set goals for 2020, then you need to know your numbers from 2019. Now, I know that in the beauty industry, some of the metrics that we would focus on would be, let's see, client retention. So mm-hmm. were you retaining your clients, percentage booked, mm-hmm. retail to service. So that would give us an idea of how much retail you sold in comparison to your service numbers. And then for me, as the overarching, you know, big eye on the business, I was always looking at gross sales, retail and sales separated out, mm-hmm. um, retail and service sales separated out. And of course, if you're in the beauty business, fitness business, any sort of tip business, then you would probably maybe look at your tip income too from the year. Now, how does that kind of match up to straight sales, straight commission? Well, straight commission sales, you don't have all of those kind of hoops to jump through because you sell something, you make money. So whatever your percentage, and this is something that I have focused on, whatever your percentage of commission that you make off of your sale, and that could be very, very different from 10% if you're selling a multi-million dollar product or, you know, something at a $10,000 product and you're making 35% of it. So, you know, and it's all based upon the growth of the business. Truthfully, it's not so much I'm going to make 20% of of $10,000. It's how much money is in the product itself is profit. And then you make a portion of that profit. So what I ended up doing and focusing on more so was my average how much do I make per unit sold? And then I would work myself to my magic number. And I would actually take my magic number onto a 
piece of paper. I would put it in the middle and then I would find bubbles on how I'm going to get to those individual opportunities and kind of made it like a cartoon thought bubble. And then I worked my way into that individual thought bubble and said, okay, in my slowest time, I'm going to focus on these things. In my busiest time, I'm going to focus on you know these items and just kept going down my road that way. And with 22 years of being in the business, I knew when my slow times were. I mm-hmm. knew when my yeah. you know uh, times of prosper were. So then I didn't. I took my whole goal approach to say, okay, I know I'm going to have slow times, but during those slow times, I'm going to farm so that I can get into my busy time and have those clientele ready and available to buy when that time comes. So farm means like planting seeds. Sure. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Cause, um, you know, if, if you're in a sales business, like I have a, a network marketing business, the clean beauty business, and I'm not necessarily thinking about that. Like I'm thinking about that every day about planting seeds and having conversations and educating every day. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to worry about it when I hit those slow seasons. So that's interesting. You're doing it for the slow times. I'm doing it for the prosperous times. So you're actually doing it so that you can propel yourself during the slow time. When I'm slow, I know I have my time available. So I farm and put in the hard work so that my busy times are going downhill versus trying to feel like you're going uphill. So I'm taking advantage of that slow time and saying, okay, I'm planting the seeds now. So then in my business, busiest time, I can actually harvest the crop. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit of a different perspective. That's Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah, I just, I like to just think of it as every day I'm planting seeds and I, you know, to keep it, to keep things going. But okay, so then when we talk about those numbers, so we've got those metrics, you know, whether it's your gross sales or whether you're playing off of like, I made X amount of money last year and I want to make this amount this year. So when we talk about that, the next step is you have to set your yearly goal and then work backwards from there. So then you take that yearly goal and you break it down into monthly, weekly, and even down to daily goals. And so, habits. Yes, and yes, habits. Yes. So we'll save that one for a whole nother episode. But what? Um, how do you do that? Let's just say I am in a position to make six figures for myself. Okay, and, and I'm going to put this in my perspective, but you guys will, will be able to do this with your numbers when you actually know how to how to put the math together. So if I say, okay, this year um, I'm making six figures and I would really like to make another $10,000, okay? So then I take $10,000 and take down to my finite opportunity per transaction, right? Figure out how many of those I'm going to actually have to to sell in addition to make $10,000 more, right? So I actually have to break that out and say, okay, I need to talk to uh, an extra 60 people a month because that's going to break me down to making an extra $10,000, you know, dollars over the course of the year because I'm going to sell, you know, 10 more products each individual month mm-hmm. enabling me to actually build month over month over month. So on a daily basis, I have to say, okay, with if I have to talk to 60 extra people, what does that mean per day? If there's 21 average mm-hmm. working days per month, I then have to take that and say, all right, I have to talk to three extra people a day. Wow, that's not that's not that hard. Mm-hmm. And out of those three extra people per day, 
I'm going to sell one of them. If the laws are one third of the people buy from you, you're going to be able to sell another opportunity that day. But what ends up happening is, is we all fall into the traps or the pitfalls of, I'm not talking to anybody today. Nobody's calling me. Nobody's, you know. You kind of just have to put your head down and do it. You just have to do it. Because it is a numbers game. Yes. Like, I mean, as much as we want to break down and selling the naked truth is about stripping it back to like connection and people, it is a numbers game. If you're not talking to the people, Mm -hmm. then you're not putting those vibes out there, but also you have to do the math. You're going to get a lot more no's and you get yeses in most sales businesses. Oh, I mean, as we pointed out, I mean, you're going to hear two no's for every yes. Mm -hmm. And you might actually hear two no's and a maybe, Mm -hmm. but that maybe isn't a closed door. So you have to continue to prospect that person until they say yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so there's several different ways that you can set goals. Maybe for you, you want to focus on your gross sales, Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe it is you want to make an extra, you know, 10,000, 20, 30, whatever a year, then you work back from there. And I think when you look at it and you break it down into bite-sized pieces like that, down to a daily goal, it's like, oh, okay. So I just have to keep doing what I'm doing, but do a little bit more. Right. You know? So, I mean, in translation to your business, if, if the clientele is typically set by the business that you have, right? Like, so for an example, uh, let, let's just say that you're in the beauty industry for it or, mm-hmm. you know, the just sal- the salon world. Yeah, the salon. Okay. And the salon is actually booking you with services. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you are looking to be able to grow your income and that's not something you can control, right? You can't control the amount of times that you book. You booked. can though. But okay, go ahead. You can. Um, so I had a situation in my salon where, you know, when we opened, we didn't have any clients, but we grew that to a very loyal following. I used to spend thousands of dollars a month on advertising to get people in the door. What happened was the gals who worked for me got very dependent on that clientele just being there for them. Mm -hmm. But our slow season happened every year. It happened in October and it happened in January. And so it was funny because in the early days, the girls had no problem hitting the pavement, going out there, passing out cards. But, you know, eight, nine, ten years later, you have a new crop of people that only know the business as super busy. So they don't want to go out there and do that. But at the end of the day, they had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. They, they could have gone out there with a business card and, and, and gone over to Starbucks or wherever and said, hey, like I have some openings today. Here's my card. I'd love to see you in there. Most people don't want to do that. It's easier to just go sit down and relax and and just kind of wait for it to happen. I think that's the thing at the end of the day in any business, you can't just sit there and wait for it to come to you. Like if if you're somebody that's actually setting goals and looking at how you can go next level, that means you have to be proactive. You can't just sit there and wait for it to come to you. A hustler's hustle. Yes. So that's kind of, that's why I say like in my industry, like, yeah, the salon is, is because it was an employee situation was we were responsible for filling those spots. But I mean, don't sit, don't sit around waiting for that to happen. Go out there and find something, drum it up. True. And you know, if you actually look and you are in a capted place and and just bear with me, let's just say your books in your world are completely full. How do you make more money? 
That's a great question. So we had a sliding scale. So the more productive you were, the better your client retention was and your retail to service was, the more money you could make. Great. So we had that. Now, did people cap that out? Occasionally. Occasionally. It did happen a handful of times over the years. And at that point, it's kind of like, my hands are tied. You probably have reached your ceiling here, you know? So the opportunities that were in front of people were to educate their clients and get the right retail in their hands. We were never pushing for them to just sell product to sell it, but we had an industry standard of an esthetician industry standard is 35% retail to service. Our goal was 20% for estheticians. So clearly we weren't, you know, we weren't in that hard press selling environment, but that is how um, you can make more money. And there were people that ultimately just didn't want to do that. So, they, so you know, they capped themselves out by not going above and beyond. Right, right. So, okay, so when we talk about going, uh, you're going to break it down monthly, weekly, and daily. Now, from there, I think what we want to kind of put on your radar is the pitfalls that can come up. And one of the things that you and I have laughed about over the years, especially in your industry, is people who they have like a really great couple of days and then they're like, yeah, I'm just going to rest on my laurels for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an easy pitfall to fall into where you're like, oh, I had a really great week last week, so I'm just going to take it easy this week. Right. Why not get ahead of the curve, right? Always. Yeah. You know, it, it's so interesting because I watch this on a daily basis. And now that I'm in the management side again, I am watching my team. I have an individual on my team that I absolutely love. He is great with clientele. But... What he does is he plays a numbers game, starts getting way ahead, and then decides that he wants to take time off. And then he's self-sabotaging his growth when he's growing. So it's almost like, okay, I just made a fantastic week. I I just brought home $2,000. So I'm going to go and sit down and relax and then have to play catch up later on. Right. You know, when, when the skillet is hot, take that opportunity. Well, and I just think it's hard to pick up that momentum. Like mm-hmm. when the mo- mo- momentum's there, like roll with it. Roll with it. Which kind of leads us into what happens when the momentum's not there. Right. Where you're in a dry spell or you're just not getting any, you're getting a ton of no's. That's where you have to keep going. Mm. My friend Morgan says it's like, hold, who can hold on to the monkey bars along us? We talk about that in terms of like business. Mm. But truly, I mean, in anything that you do, it's like you have to keep going. You right. can't just... That's a pitfall that I think people fall into. or And then what happens is they deep dive into negativity, mm-hmm. which totally sabotages any sort of like abundance. Well, it's also toxic attract. with everybody around you, yes, too. Yes, yes. Then you become like that morale buster mm-hmm. in your workplace. So um, those are definitely things to kind of pay attention to. And then the other thing that people have, have mentioned to me in terms of goals is they've said that goals scare them, they stress them out. And I think it's because they're looking at goals as this thing where if they don't meet, if they don't reach it, then they've failed. Right. And so I love this thing from John C. Maxwell, and this is more about in the leadership realm, but he says, let these things refine you and not define you. And so I love applying that to this as well, because I think you should let goals refine you and not define you. Just because you didn't reach that goal that you set mm-hmm. does not mean that you're a failure. Mm-hmm. But what you have is an opportunity to look at your at what you did 
did? What were your action items? And how can you refine your processes now to, to hit your goals in the future? I mean, I've had plenty of times in my, in my adulthood that I haven't hit my goals and it's, it does suck. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. I probably mope for about a day and then I'm like, okay, you have to get over yourself. What are you going to do to change it? And so that's the best time to come back to a list and say, okay, rate myself. How did I do with putting myself out of my comfort zone this month and talking to, you know, clients that were new to me? Mm, Rate yourself. Like if if you're not landing at a 10, that means there's room for improvement. You know, on the other side of it is the only time you ever fail is when you give up. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're going to get knocked down. Get back up. Get back up again and again and again. And the people that are the top 10% in this world are the people that have been knocked down the most. And they're the ones that get back up. Yeah. 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 And they just keep going. And you know what? They've heard a million no's. And that's okay. That's okay because guess what? Out of those million no's, they, they've heard 300,000 yeses. A hundred percent. In fact, I, this makes me think of a post that Lizzo had up. Um, she says here, eight years of touring, giving out free tickets to my undersold shows, sleepless nights in my car, losing my dad and giving up on music, playing shows for free beer and food with 30 negative $32 in my bank account, constantly writing songs, hearing no, but always saying yes. Glad I never gave up. I mean, that is like a drop the mic moment if I've ever heard it. Cause she's killing it right now. Yeah. And so it's just proof like this overnight success thing. It's not real. That's not real life. Nobody is an overnight success. It's showing up and not giving up. That is correct. All right. So the last thing that I know we wanted to hit on was celebrate celebration yes. when you hit those goals. And I know that I'm guilty of moving the carrot like giving myself a carrot over the years of saying like, if I hit this goal, then I will um, reward myself with this or I'll do this gesture for myself and then not doing it. And so I think celebration is so important. Um, It's like a reward for doing what you said you were going to do. Sure. I mean, if you think about it, like we are going through the process or we just did go through the process of potty training our oldest son. Yes. You know, and, and I watched the opportunity for him and how excited he was to be able to go to a department store and pick up, you know, a toy that he wanted, you know, and, and you should have seen him in the store. Everyone. I mean, he just sat there and he was like glowing by holding this little, uh, remote control car in his hand. But you know, that moment of rewarding himself, he was so proud. He took on the day with smiles and the, yep, I'm going to go potty today. Yep. Well, and I recorded it. And so if, if you follow me on social media, you probably saw it. And I don't know if you noticed, but I went out of my way to ask him and to tell him multiple times that day how proud I was mm-hmm. of him, mm-hmm. but also to ask him, are you proud of you? You should be so proud of you. I, I can't believe we're using potty training, but it is really it's that, that basic. basic. It's, it's really that, that basic. basic. Yeah. You know, so I said to myself, years and years and years and years ago like okay and I know that this is important to me but you need to find what's important to you Mm -hmm. so I would say to myself okay I'm going to reach this goal of selling this amount this month and if I reach it I'm going to go and do something nice for myself may that be buying a pair of shoes or may that be buying something and then guess what my closet became overfilled 
because I continue to reward myself and I continue to build and I continue to grow. And at a young age made a great, great income because I was proud of myself. So maybe that sounds like, you know, I have a big head or any something like that, but that's not what it means. It means I, I dove in to things that were important to me and I just went and said, okay, I'm going to do this for myself. If I reach that goal, if I reach this goal, I'm going to do this. Well, and we'll talk about your shoe hoarding maybe on another episode because that's a that's a whole another episode. But I think regardless, I mean, maybe you're not, you know, the maybe you're not a things person. Yeah, maybe monetary. it's an experience. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a nice dinner out or maybe it's treating yourself to like a massage or maybe it's just I don't know if, if you're like me, a mom, like sometimes it's just simple things like quiet time. Can I have a couple of hours to yeah. go to the movie, honey? Just you to know? myself. Yeah. So anyways, I think that these are great tips to get you guys started though. And so as you head into the new year, I highly recommend setting goals for yourself. It is a game changer. And I guarantee that if you follow these tips and then you use the, this to refine your processes and really refine your craft, you are going to end this year with a bigger income than you anticipated. Agreed. And remember, start from where you want to finish and work your way backwards to make them manageable opportunities per day. Mm-hmm. We want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. And if this content is helpful, we hope that you guys will subscribe to the podcast, comment, like, tag, share. You can follow me on Damon Hart on Instagram. That's my handle where I have all kinds of little nuggets and tidbits um, daily. And we hope that you guys will join us next time. Thank you. today's episode helped to motivate and inspire you, then please take a moment to leave us a five-star review. It would mean the world to us as we continue to grow this Selling the Naked Truth community. Of course, you can always find us the old-fashioned way at sellingthenakedtruth.com or at our Instagram handles. Jason can be found at Selling the Naked Truth on the gram and Susan can be found at Dame and Heart. 